welcome to another episode from the Step Conference. Today we're here with Abdullah Mutawi. He is the head of corporate at Altamimi, and he's also the chairman and one of the co-founders of Dubai Angel Investors. So today we thought we'd speak to him and figure out uh, what the angel investment uh, scene in Dubai is like, and uh, get a couple of tips about how to approach an angel investor and uh, kind of how they invest into some of the companies that they've invested into. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Sid. We've been trying to get him on for a year now, but uh, it's uh, it's finally happening. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us about Altamimi. What do you guys do? Um, you were telling me uh, you're a law firm, correct? That's right. So uh, I had the uh, corporate practice at Altamimi, which is uh, the largest law firm in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our 450 lawyers in wow, 17 okay. offices across the whole of the GCC, plus Iraq, plus Egypt, plus Jordan. Okay. Uh, and my team, which is nearly 100 lawyers, uh, covers everything in the corporate finance and commercial advisory space from venture capital financing of early stage businesses through to private equity acquisitions and fund creation through to uh, strategic M&A transactions through to uh, multi-billion dollar exits through IPOs, capital markets across the Gulf, but also internationally as well. Oh, that's amazing. So you have a lot of experience in the space. Yeah, so I'm actually a technology uh, specialized lawyer. I've been doing technology deals for the last 20 years. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's the area that I specialize in. Okay, great. So uh, how did you guys uh, end up being in the Dubai Angel Investment Club? Like, uh, how did that start? Yeah, so I mean, Dubai Angel Investors is an interesting story. I mean, as I say, I've been working in technology transactions for nearly 20 years now. And over that period of time, you meet people, sometimes you meet people regularly on deals. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a, a somebody who's now a very close friend of mine, uh, who I've worked with as a co-advisor on many deals. He and I uh, and, and other people have met each other in the context of being angel investors, we've met at pitches or at pitch nights or at angel events. Mm-hmm. So one day we decided, look, you know, if you, uh, if I'm going to invest, let's say, you know, twenty thousand dollars a year in angel investments, why don't I pool that with ten other people who are going to do the same, right. and we'll, you know, pool our our brains and we'll pool our money, and instead of me doing one investment, I'll do. 10 and they will all do the same so it was initially set up as a kind of club okay uh, where we would have dinner once a month and we would invite founders to come and pitch to us okay what happened after that was you know within about six or seven months a lot of our friends were hearing about what we were doing they were asking us if they could get involved and so i mean to sort of make the story short within around a year we actually had uh, an incorporated and funded um seed fund effectively okay. with 40 investors uh, about six months later we closed a second round uh, about a month after that we closed our first institutional round okay. we've just closed our fourth uh, round with new investors so we now have more than a hundred uh, individuals who are members of the Dubai Angel Investors uh, 
fund and it's effectively a sort of I would call it a collective we are not a fund in the sense that nobody charges a management fee there's no carried interest nobody gets paid a salary okay. all of us are very senior members of the business community here and we're interested in building a community and an ecosystem of early stage investors okay. so we do it really out of passion we do it as a hobby we hope that our pooled money is going to make money at the end of the day and we've <laughs> had a very good exit recently which we're very happy about but oh that's excellent. yeah so that's how it works so uh what was the first investment that you you guys made the first investment was a company called wrap up which was uh, founded by uh, one Lebanese um, ex-management consultant uh, two uh, really talented uh, coders from India okay. they met at a hackathon here they built a original and globally scalable product um, it was an AI driven productivity tool in the voice transcription space okay. uh, they were acquired actually they were acquired by a company out of Silicon Valley about a year and a half later that was looking to acquire a team and the tech Okay. And then just a few weeks ago, uh, the company was bought by Cisco for a lot of money. So we were very happy. Oh, cool. So that your first investment was an exit? Our first investment was an exit to a US technology giant. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> so uh, how, how has it been performing for you guys overall as an um, angel investor? I mean, a lot of the founders that we actually speak to in this region complain about this level of funding. In the angel investment you know, the sub $200,000 range of investment is hard to find. There's not that many people in the space. Um, there are quite a few players who are in like seed stage or series A level uh, who might invest, but uh, you know, to get that initial, um, you know, uh, investment to get your idea off the ground, it's hard to find investment. So uh, how's your experience been and what would you advise other founders who are looking for that level of funding who maybe just have a idea or are in the MVP stage? Uh, how should they go about doing it? Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the good news for founders is that the angel community is definitely growing in the region. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that you've had uh, lots of success stories or a few good success stories, uh, whether it's Maktoub, whether it's Suit.com, whether it's Kareem, you know, now there's a really uh, a, a very rapidly growing interest in early stage. And, you know, there is, as I say, a growing seed in an angel investing community. Um, Having said that, I mean we, you know, we invest like a fund. We we are a micro VC, okay. so we don't invest in pre MVP companies. Okay. We don't invest in pre revenue companies. Okay. So if you're looking to build an MVP or if you're looking to start generating revenue, the friends and family is the, the most obvious go. place to go. Yeah. Um, if you want to get that, I mean, you've obviously got a, you know, you've got to not just build a product, but you've got to build a story that's compelling. Okay. But it's got to be, you know, real and you've got to be serious about it. You've got to be passionate about it. And I think the thing to remember is that a good idea by itself is worth nothing. Without Actually, <laughs> your ability to execute is everything. Right. Your ability to be a good team is everything and okay. to build a good team and to actually maintain a good team and to make people feel like they're on a journey and that they've got, you know, a long road ahead of them. Mm. Anybody who comes and says, listen, I've got a great idea and it's going to give me a billion dollar exit in three years from now, <laughs> but you can't show me what that journey looks like, then no one's going to invest in you, even these days at the friends and family stage. So, right. Yeah. So do you, uh, before you guys invest, do you usually look at if the, the team was able to raise any other kind of financing before? 
or do you often invest in self-funded startups? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good question. We we have invested in a couple of self-funded startups. Okay. Um, a lot of people, you know, do raise friends and family. I mean, we don't place necessarily a lot of credence on the fact that friends and family invest in a business because, you know, people love their families, right? Yeah. So they, they, that's the first place you go. No, I mean, what what we look at more, I think, is as I say, the the ability of the founder to place their their idea and place their vision for how their product is going to sell into the context of the addressable market but mm -hmm. you know without over romanticizing the size of the addressable market because people do that a lot yeah. it's a big turnoff for investors okay you know what we want to see is we want to see you being honest about who you're going to compete with and we want uh, we want you to tell us how you're going to differentiate yourselves in a crowded market we don't mind investing in a crowded space okay. if you've got a differentiated idea so you know, we've invested in a company here called Lunchon mm -hmm. that um, is in the food tech and particularly food delivery space, Yeah, uh, primarily focusing on the lunch segment. So, you know, that doesn't actually sound on the face of it like a very sexy business. What about breakfast and dinner? <laughs> but these guys have actually disrupted an industry that has only just been disrupted by the likes of, you know, Deliveroo and Talabat and, and all the other players in that space, both internationally and regionally. Uh, we really like what they're doing. And, you know, they are uh, making savings uh, in the logistics part of that business, mm -hmm. in the procurement side of that business. Actually, uh, they're getting good margins by uh, by the way that they sell their product. So we, we love them as a team. We love the fact that they're actually disrupting a very recently disrupted market with a very original business model. So the, their operations are what makes them different? Yeah, it's the way they operate and it's the way that they've actually looked at the value chain of what they do. Right. So when they show us the addressable market by itself, it doesn't look that interesting because there are two or three giants in that space that are dominating in terms of market share. Yeah. But what they're able to show us is we've got a much more intelligent way of approaching the business model and the margins and actually making savings at various parts of the value chain okay. of that business that to us make it look like a much more compelling business than you know one of the standard food delivery platforms interesting uh how much value do you guys put on um, like the team being like say a sole founder versus like a team of people yeah how important is that very important we uh, we will almost never invest in a single founder company Okay. So we're looking for two co-founders at least. We're looking for a team. We're looking for evidence of good chemistry between co-founders. We're looking for evidence of chemistry between the co-founders and their team. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for uh, loyalty and longevity. We're looking for people who uh, have come from uh, you know, backgrounds of having worked together in some way or collaborated together. So for, for us, team is definitely we, not I. Okay. Yeah. So have you invested in any sole founders? We are actually talking to a sole founder right now. Um, okay. I don't like the fact that it's a sole founder company. It happens to be a company in a really interesting space okay. that is already very successful. Okay. Uh, but my gut always tells me not to do it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, in terms of revenue, uh, say a yearly revenue, at what stage do you guys start considering a company? Because you're looking at uh, companies that are already generating revenue, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there are a couple of exceptions. So we've invested in a medtech company that's in the R&D and pre 
commercialization phase. Okay. But we think that the product that has been built and the uh, market fit for the product is very interesting. Okay. So it's an investment where we're actually funding R&D work. And that's unusual for us, but we like it because it's deep tech. Okay. We like it because that's where you're likely to see very big exits. It's also a very high risk investment. It's binary. So we've put some money there. We know that we're either going to lose it or we're going to make it big. Right. But generally speaking, you're absolutely right. We're looking for companies that have got a, a, a history of traction or have got recent traction. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, we don't place a number on it. So you don't have to have a minimum revenue for us to invest. Okay. We're much more interested to see how you've gone to the market, how you've converted customers, what your customer acquisition strategy is, not just the cost, mm-hmm. but how you're going to go about it. And really, I mean, what we care about more than anything else is capital efficiency. So if you've got a way, uh, a vision for growing the company without, you know, spending a dollar to acquire a dollar, then that's actually more valuable to us than the actual size of the revenue at that given moment in time. Okay. Interesting. So uh, I wanted you to speak about four companies that you've invested in, uh, why you invested in them, and if you could give them as, uh, give us a little bit of background about the company, what they do. Sure. Um, well, I've already mentioned one of them, Lunch On. Okay. So I'll, uh, I'll, the next one uh, is also one of our earlier investments, okay. a company called Tara AI. Okay. Tara was founded by two, um, two people who were born and raised in the UAE, graduated from the American University of Sharjah, decided they wanted to be software engineers uh, in uh, Silicon Valley. So they packed a suitcase and went to Silicon Valley. They discovered that if you're not white male and a graduate of MIT or Stanford, your chances of getting an engineering job at Facebook or Google were virtually nil. Uh, They built a product that was able to go into open source code repositories like GitHub Mm -hmm. and actually um, grade code based on its uh, intended function. Uh, And by doing that, they kind of democratized coding. And they're now selling uh, what is effectively a kind of resource uh, building platform for large companies that want to build digital products. And their customers are big US uh, tech companies, uh, but they have, you know, single moms in Philadelphia who are amazing coders who would never be able to get a job, right. you know, coding for a big tech giant. But now they can because their code is outstanding and Tara can show you how good it is. So that's interesting. They have an AI platform that grades the quality of the code. Correct. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's the one. Next one. Um, another one is a company called Shortpoint. Okay. Uh, it's actually an Arab company founded by uh, a founder from the region. Uh, he uh, has built a, or his, he and his team have built a uh, product that enables people, companies, to build intranets on the Microsoft SharePoint platform. Okay. So it's kind of a design platform. It's a little bit like a kind of Wix for intranets, if you like. For sh- specifically for SharePoint. I believe it's only for SharePoint at, okay. uh, as uh, as of now. Um, they have managed to sell this product to some of the biggest companies in the world. They they became profitable uh, after their first round. I don't think uh, they even closed their Series A. The the pre Series A round took okay. them to profitability. 
Um, wow. And interestingly, we kind of nudged them a couple of times and said, we don't like you to be profitable this quickly. You need to scale. <laughs> so uh, okay. you need to raise some more money and go out and be more ambitious. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great company. It's led by a great team. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great example of regionally built tech that is currently being bought by customers with you know big names okay. uh, all over the world. It's awesome. It's awesome. So let's think of one more. Um, okay, so the last company I'm going to mention is CarSwitch, which was founded by a former partner of McKinsey uh, mm. here in Dubai. Uh, what it's doing is it's capitalizing on the huge GMV in the secondhand car uh, market. In, right. uh, in currently in the UAE, um, the GMV in the secondhand car space mm -hmm. is enormous. And yeah. uh, what these guys are doing is they're differentiating themselves by not just uh, building a platform or a portal for buyers and sellers to trade secondhand cars, but their cars uh, are being inspected and graded based on a very complex grading system mm -hmm. across uh, the condition of the body, condition of the engine, the mechanics, uh, and so on. Uh, they send somebody to your home, they take your car to a pretty spot, they take pictures of it, right. uniform pictures that make the cars all look you know, exactly the same, uh, and they're doing fantastically. So. Um, Another company we're very proud of. Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned them because I'm selling my car right now and it's on car switch. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. So uh, funnily enough, when they pitched to us, yeah. I put a car on it to sell and I bought a car before we actually wrote the first check. Okay. And it was uh, the, the Did you check the experience? The user experience was excellent and that was yeah. quite influential for us. Yeah. I think uh, the guys who are doing it is Glowfish, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of investment, what's your thesis? What kind of companies do you generally invest into? Okay, so we are um, focused on seed, pre series A and series A. Okay. Uh, we it's very unlikely we're ever going to go beyond Series A. That's our investment thesis. In terms of company verticals, we're actually agnostic. Okay. And in terms of geography, we're agnostic too. We actually like having a diversified uh, set of companies in terms of verticals and, and where they're based. Okay. So we actually have six companies in the US, one of which we've just exited. Um, we have six in the UAE. We have two in Egypt. We have two in the UK about to become three in the UK. We have uh, one in Finland, one in Turkey. Okay. So we're kind of, uh, yeah, we're, we're fairly agnostic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so you're not just focused on this region worldwide? No, I mean, look, as a, as a group, we like to invest in companies where we can add value. Okay. So uh, we have only invested in companies in the US or in Europe where we think that there is a strong synergy for that business to ultimately come and use its product or deploy its product in the region okay. and where we think that our network can actually help that company to grow in the region. So speaking of network, uh, your 100 investors who are jointly investing into these companies. So uh, so basically you get access to all these 100 people if you guys invest to, to grow your company. That's great. And also, I guess, to raise more funding in the future, right? Yeah, I mean, we've never marketed. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not, 
a traditional fund. There's no fee structure. Nobody earns any money for doing what we do. Right. So I describe it in using a very kind of uh, uh, popular kind of theme these days. We're a collective. Mm -hmm. We are a network of people. The reason we're doing it is because we are like-minded. We like being part of a community together. Okay. We like meeting once a month. We like seeing companies together and kind of applying our collective uh, intellectual ability, our collective deal experience, our collective experience from our day jobs in selecting companies that we think are going to be winners. Um, the 100 plus people are our pipeline. They source all of our opportunities. We get some applications through our website, but the ones that we generally that tend to do well with us are the ones that are sourced from the network. We have a... Um, a great system. We have a full-time investment manager who works for the company uh, and she has built a really uh, cool system for taking the 100, 150 applications we get every month, every month, and screening those down into 10. So our investment committee at the end of each month will get 10 pitch decks, financial models to review and look at in some depth. We then have a blind voting system, an online blind voting system, and any company that scores more than 70% qualifies to come and pitch. So typically, we go from 150 applicants to three companies pitching every month. So by the time it comes to our monthly pitch night, to which all of our members and guests are invited, okay. and typically those events have attendees of between 100, 150 people, you'll have a, you know three companies that have been highly curated because they've gone through application, screening, shortlisting, and qualification. And so what happens is uh, we run the pitches, the, the companies do 15-minute presentation, we have a 15-minute Q&A. Between them and the investment committee, it's live and direct in front of all of the members. Then after the Q&A with the companies, we ask the companies to leave the room, the members and the guests stay, and the investment committee actually has a live deliberation session. And at that point we decide, do we like them, do we not like them? If we're gonna invest, how much should we invest? If there are gonna be conditions, what should the conditions be? If we're gonna do due diligence, what should the due diligence look like? And uh, that's the system. So what happens is at the end of every evening, let's say a company comes and is raising a $2 million round, it's very common that by the end of our evening, we've actually fully raised the $2 million from the room right. because our members like to co-invest and they trust in the fact that these companies have gone through this highly curated process. So it's a great system. It works really well. Very interesting. It would be uh, great if uh, we could attend one of these events. We'd love you to. <laughs> yeah. Bring the I think it'd make an interesting uh, episode. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing your experiences with us. If somebody wants to get in touch with the Dubai Angel Investment Club, how should they go about doing it? Okay, uh, they should get in touch with info at DubaiAngelInvestors.me. Okay, fine. All right, great. So we'll leave that email in the description. Um, do you guys have a website or something? Yeah, uh, so our website is DubaiAngelInvestors.me. Okay. Our investment manager is called Arabe Kazimi. Okay. So if you drop an email to that uh, email address, Arabe will get in touch with you and take things forward from there. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Okay.